Well, good morning. It's good to be in the Lord's house this morning. Uh, we uh, thank the Lord for this opportunity. Hate that it's under the circumstances that it's in, but uh, I talked to Brother Kevin yesterday, and and uh, he t- he told me he'd been struggling and what what decision to make, and uh, and anyway, I assured him I've been praying for him and for the church here for some time now, and uh, and I, we've been praying and asking God to. Uh, to uh, give them a speedy recovery, and uh, I trust that it's. I trust that they don't. They don't have that virus or anything. And but um, and I encourage you to pray for your pastor. I know you do. Uh, I know he would appreciate that as well. If you've got a copy of God's Word this morning, I would invite you to turn with us, if you will, please, to the Old Testament book of First Samuel, chapter seventeen. Begin to pray as soon as. I got off the phone with Brother Kevin on what to preach, and I wanted to make sure that I was right in line with God and was obedient with Him, and I kept asking Him, God, lay on my heart what you would have me to preach, and I kept, I found myself just over and over and over again asking, and this kept coming to my mind and to my heart, and I said, well, this is it, so... Um, I didn't argue with God or or try to go any other way, but um, I just want to share with you what God's laid on our heart here in First First Samuel chapter seventeen. Uh, I believe uh, what the Lord will show us this morning is exactly what the child of God needs today, and um, and it's not because of me or the words that I've wrote down on this page. It's what He's given me. And I want to be a help to you, and uh, I know God wants to help you as well. If you will, and if you're able, please stand for the reading of God's Word. We'll read three verses this morning, and then we'll pray, and we'll continue on with the message. First Samuel chapter number 17, we'll look at verse number 31. The Bible said, And when the words were heard which David spake, They rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art not for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. If read correctly this morning, First Samuel chapter 17, verses 31 through 33. The key verse this morning for the message is verse number 32. The Bible said, David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Let us pray. Father, we bow in your presence in the name of Jesus. God, as we come humbly and boldly to the throne room of grace, God, we ask you, Father, Lord, to forgive us where we fail thee. Lord, we ask you, Lord, that you would seal this place up, drive the devil far away, set your angels out around about this this building, God, Lord, to watch over us, God. And God, we ask you, Lord, that you would 
help each and every one of us to open our hearts and to feel your presence, not because of a feeling, God, but because we want some help and because we need some help, God. And God, we ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that, that, that each and every person here this morning, even myself, God, would, would allow you to come uh, and, and dwell with us this morning through your word, God. And we ask you, Father, Lord, that you would be with Brother Kevin and his dear wife, Lord, and their family. Touch and lay your healing hand upon them. Give them a speedy recovery, God, and help them to be able to get back uh, to this church and to preach the word of God. And Father, we ask you in in your name, God, and we ask you for your help this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Our text, uh, the text said that here in 1 Samuel 17 in verse number 32, that, that David has come to encourage Saul during a crucial time in his life. Uh, Saul, um, even though he's the king, um, I, th- I think of Saul as a very cowardly king. Uh, he, he likes to take credit for other people's doings instead of what he has done. But we find a king here and his men, uh, they're, at, they're in the midst of a battle and they have met a man on the other side. They've seen a man on the other side that has caused them to second guess and to cause them to stop going any further. They, they're worried. There's fear and doubt in their life and in their mind and in their heart um, because of this man by the name of Goliath. Uh, we would like to preach this message this morning entitled this, that my God is bigger than your Goliath. My God is bigger than your Goliath. I like verse number 32 because here David has come to Saul and, and, and he gets right to the point. He gets right down to where the problem is at. Here's a man that has not even, he, he, he has just come from his father's house to bring some food for his brothers. And he already sees what the problem is, amen. Praise God for the people that come into our lives that God sends us in time of need, Amen. And we see in verse number 32, David, he goes, uh, he goes right to, uh, he, he has been called uh, from Saul by, the men, by his men to bring him to Saul and, and so, he can, so he can tell uh, Saul what, what he, his God has laid on his heart, uh, so to speak. Saul calls for him in verse number 31. He sent for him. He wanted to know what David had to say. David gets right to the point. He says, let no man's heart fail because of him. These men, they're scared because of Goliath, the size Goliath is, and they know they're already defeated. But uh, how do, as we focus our attention on this with David and Goliath, I, I'm convinced according to this chapter uh, in 1 Samuel that Goliath is not David's Goliath to defeat. Although God uses David to defeat Goliath, Goliath is for Saul to defeat. Saul is the king. He's the one that has command. He's the one that has control. He's the one that tells uh, what man to go down and to face Goliath. He is the one that is in control. And here he is. He don't know what to do. But praise be unto God. God's got his hand on David. He sent David just at the right time. 
And I, I liked it because it never fails in my life, and I know in your life as well, God always sends somebody or he shows up at the right time. You remember in the New Testament there, uh, Mary and Martha, they was upset with Jesus because he didn't show up when they wanted him to. He didn't show up on, when they wanted him to because it was not time for him to show up, amen. God uh, sent his son there at the right time uh, to help uh, their brother Lazarus. Uh, I want to, uh, you have this thought in your mind uh, this morning, uh, how, do we, how do we overcome uh, and defeat our Goliaths? Well, we just use the Word of God. We go right to the Word of God. We go right to the source, amen. We go right to God when we need help. As we sit here in this place this morning, there's many of us, that, that, that if the truth be known, if we was to, I'm sure we'd all be ashamed to raise our hand and, uh, to tell of the number of Goliaths that you and I face, but we all have Goliath in our life. It may be an individual, although we have that one individual that each and every one of us face each and every day, and that's Satan himself. Praise be unto God that he sent his son to help us overcome uh, Satan. Amen. But I'm here to tell you there's many of different types of Goliaths in our life that God that, 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 that we face, and God helps us to overcome those uh, Goliaths. And, and we use the Word of God in, in, in order to know how to do that. So I want to deal with that subject this morning of knowing how to overcome and defeat our Goliath. Look with me, if you will, uh, uh, as we look at the first thought here this morning. I'm going to try to get through this as brief as I can. I'm going to try to keep it around 30 minutes. I'm a Baptist preacher. I know you're thinking, yeah, right. Uh, and, um, and if my wife was here, she'd say the same thing because she's recorded me there at the church. And, I, and, I, and I've done better the past few, few months or the past month, I should say. Uh, but I try my best, but the, the, the Lord just continues to work, and I just, I just follow him. Amen. Amen. We're on his time this morning, not ours. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, look, if you will, in, 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 in verses 1 through 16, you'll find that we must recognize our Goliath. Now, you, you sitting there and you say, man, that's, that's crazy. I mean, uh, I know my Goliath. Do we really know our Goliath? Sometimes I think we're ashamed to uh, admit to our own self that we've got a Goliath in our life that is keeping us from serving God the way God wants us to serve Him. Uh, I'll say amen there. Can I say, can I say it this way? Uh, are we too ashamed to, to say, God, this is the Goliath that I'm facing today? I think, we, I think we tend to do that in our lives. I think we tend to be ashamed of being able to say, yeah, this is my Goliath right here that I'm facing. This is what I need help with, God. And because we really and truly don't want to get rid of or move that Goliath out of our way. I you ever wonder what Saul and the men of Israel would have done if nobody had been, went down to the valley where uh, Goliath was at to defeat him? They'd have just, well, they'd have just been defeated. I mean, you, we can't go through our life being defeated when we know uh, a God in heaven that is more than able and more than capable and more than willing to help us to overcome our Goliaths. He doesn't want us to just struggle uh, from day to day. He tells us in his word that we're, our lives are going to be full of trouble, but praise be unto God, he's on our side, amen. He wants to help us to overcome our Goliaths. You'll notice in verses 1 through 16, there's three things I want to mention here, and we're going to move on. You need to know where you're at when you recognize your Goliath. That's a very important thing. And I want to put it to you like this. I remember the day back 2001 where I was face-to-face with the greatest Goliath in my life. 
And I'm sure you'll catch on to this here in just a minute. And you'll know the very place where you was at the day that your life was about this close from dying and going to hell. Praise be unto God that he knocked on my heart's door. I can carry you right to the state. I can carry you right to the place. I can carry you right to the facility. And I need to walk you down the aisle right to the very front row where I knelt down. And I faced the biggest Goliath in my life. I can remember the place all too well like it was yesterday where uh, that place is that I faced the biggest Goliath in my life and God defeated him for me. Praise be unto God. Notice here, uh, where are these men at? Where is Saul? Where is the men of Israel? Verse number 2 says, Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched their pitch by the valley of Elah, and set the battle in array against the Philistines. Here it is in verse number 3. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. They're on the side of a mountain. The only way they're going to defeat this Goliath is to know where they're at and know that that's not where they need to be in order to face their Goliath. They know where they're at. I love verse number 3 because uh, the writer could have stopped right there where it says, uh, and, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. He could have put a period there and we'd have been good and moved on. But God, I love these because I call these the little golden nuggets from the Word of God. Amen. Because uh, here, uh, it's like God told the writer here, pin this down as well. And there was a valley between them. What is so important about that valley is because you need to know where your Goliath is. They know where their Goliath is because in the later verses, uh, in verse number 8 and verse number 16, tells us that Goliath made his presence known unto Israel and King Saul. He came, the Bible tells us in verse number 8 that he's down in the valley. He says uh, in verse number 8, so Goliath cries out and says, Send a man down to where I'm at. Where Where's he at? He's not on the mountain, amen. He's down in the valley. That's where Goliath is at. And, and, and not only was he down there in the valley, and not only was he crying out and, and, and trying to draw out Saul and, to, and, and ask God, Saul to send that one man to him, but he done it, the Bible tells us in verse 16, he done it for 40 days. And not only does he do it for 40 days, but he does it 80 times. Verse 16 says that he came every morning and he came every evening. That's two times a day. Eighty times was his presence known unto Saul and the men of Israel. They know they knew where Goliath was at. They recognized him when he was down in the valley. They could not do nothing but look upon that mountain of a man in the valley. He stuck out like a sore thumb. Amen. And our Goliaths, they stick out like a sore thumb. We know who they are. We know what they are. It may be a person. It could be a thing. Amen. We don't, want to get, we don't want to get on that too much, amen. We don't want to deal with all the things that, that we had brotherhood this morning at our church. And that's one of the, that's one of the things that the, the preacher, that, that the speaker that came uh, dealt with is, is that he asked that question. Do, do you love God? Do, how much do you love God? What things are you doing in your life that is taking time away from you and God? Guess what? Those things are your Goliath. You need to recognize what they are and you need to go to God and ask God to help you to overcome those things. Not only do you need to know where you're at but you, and know where your Goliath is, but you need to know where you need to be in order to defeat your Goliath. We sort of touched a little bit on that. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but, but we need to be in the valley. 
uh, I'm going to be honest with you, and, and, I, and, and I hope you understand this. I, I personally don't believe that we're all times on the mountaintop. Amen? I mean, we, we all, I'm, I, look, I know I'm not the only one. I know that's a hard thing to hear and, and, and to let it sink in for a minute. But if you're like me, every time I wake up, I am facing my flesh. How many of you woke up this morning and said, all right, I'm ready to get out of bed? I was not one to do that this morning, amen? It was not that I didn't want to go to church. That was not it. I was tired. I was physically tired. I had gotten up early this morning to try to get some stuff prepared uh, for lunch, and, and I had to get up early because it takes a long time for it to cook. And, and, and then I went back to bed. Then I had to get up again at 5 o'clock to get ready to get to the church to help try to start cooking for brotherhood. And I'm physically wore out. But I'm here to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm just as happy to be here as you are, I hope and pray, amen? I'm happy to be in the house of God. I could be, I could be in a far more a worse shape today than I than I've ever been, and you could be too. Praise be unto God that we know where we need to be. And in this day and age that we live in today, our outside these doors is nothing but a valley. We need to come uh, to the house of God to get some help, to know how to recognize our Goliath, to know where we're at, to know where we need to be, and, and we need to know how to overcome our Goliath. Not only do we need to recognize our Goliath, but we need to be able to handle rejection before the battle. You will face rejection after rejection after rejection when you're faced with your Goliath. I know that sounds crazy, and, and, and I'm going to share with you here in the Word of God a, a little bit with this, but it's one of the things that even when I was uh, in school, uh, I played I played uh, uh, basketball when I was in school. I wasn't a very good ball player, but I tried my best anyway. But I heard people tell me over and over and over again, "You can't do this." You can, that's one of the things, brother, that just drives me crazy. I can't stand somebody tell me I can't do this. It's not that I want to do it to prove them wrong. It's not that I want to do do it to prove to the world that I can do it. Is I'm telling you that that ever anybody can do anything if they set their mind to it. But you're going to be faced with somebody in your life, in your daily walk. Uh, it, more, it's, it, a lot of times it's at the house. A lot of times it's at the workplace. And even sometimes you go down to the grocery store. You go down to the restaurant. You're faced with somebody that tries to, uh, uh, tries to tear you down and try to stop you from doing what you need to be doing. I, can't, I just don't, I don't, I don't like that. It just, I'm going to be honest with you, brother. That makes me want to do it even mu that much more wants to push me to do that, that much more. You find here in David's life, David reports to duty. I picture in my mind, the king comes to Jesse's house. David's father, he comes down to get Jesse to go to battle with him, to go down to the fight, to fight these Philistine men. And, and Jesse's just, he's not, he's too old to be on the battlefield. And it's time for his sons to stand up and to take daddy's place and to carry the torch and to keep on what they've known to do over the years that daddy has taught them to do. And Saul looks at the three oldest boys and said, I'll take all three of them. But that one there, he, can't, he ain't going to make the cut. He's rejected David. Why? because he's just too little and too young. And I can't imagine what went through the mind of David when he heard that David, I'm going to be honest with you, I believe from, the point, from that point on, David was probably more ready to go to battle than his brothers were, but God, but God was not ready for David just yet. 
David had to go through some things. David had to get ready for some things. But David was ready. He was ready to, to go to battle. And Saul says, no, I'm not going to take you. You're not cut out for the job. I was in the study yesterday afternoon. Uh, and boy, the devil was trying to get in my study time yesterday. I got home and after getting off the phone with brother kevin and i was just eager to get in the study and just ask god what would he want me or what would he have me to preach this morning and and lo and behold my neighbor's cows was out they was all over the yard and everything and i thought it was just a few i run them off and next thing i know they was even more showed up after they came back amen and then finally trying to run 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 down a man that had a phone number where i could get in touch with him i, I spent more time in the yard chasing somebody else's stuff than i did than i wanted to amen Sometimes we do, sometimes that happens in our lives, amen. Hey, you ever you ever got excited? Let me put it this way: you ever it was it ever your turn to do the Sunday school lesson, and you was you was eager to get home to get some studying done, and and either the phone was ringing off the hook, or the door was knocking off the hinges, or you just couldn't seem to get some time with God. Don't look at me like a calf looking at a new gate. You know you've been there just as well as I've been. I'm telling you, I was about ready to have some steak last night when I got home. Amen. It was is this only the second time in three weeks they'd been out and in my yard. I mean, I wasn't mad at the man. I'm just saying sometimes you got livestock, it happens, amen. But the devil was trying. I asked God when I was out there, I was trying to repair my fence while I was out there so they wouldn't tear it down and this, that, and the other. And I'm God, give me give me something out of this, out of what's going on. And, um, man, there were some things just flooded my mind. But I began to think in the study as I was thinking about David as he reports to duty here. And he's been rejected. And I was reminded of a time there at my grandmother. She had made a cake for somebody, and she wasn't going to give it to him. She was just going to let us eat it because it turned out a flop cake. Yeah, y'all know what a flop cake is, don't you? Amen. Bless God. Them's better than the real good, the real deal. Amen. And I told I told my mama, I said, I'm going. I'm glad you didn't give it to him. Amen. <laughs> uh, selfish of me, but anyway, Lord, forgive me of that. But but I'm telling you, sometimes those flops, sometimes those that's been rejected is better than what what ain't been rejected. Amen. I'm telling you, David's been rejected. He showed up for duty. He he was the happiest man there of the four boys there that day. He's ready to go to battle, and the and the, and the king says, No, not you. You're not fit for the job. Can I say it this way? The king wasn't fit for the job neither, or he wouldn't have been looking for nobody. Amen. Hey, look, we we need to be able to we need to be ready to show up and, and ready to do what we need to do and, and watch out because there's going to be those that's going to try to reject you and to try to tear you da- down. David. What does David do? He does what we need to do. He returned home, amen. He returned back to his father's house, amen. When you when all else fails, you've been rejected by the crowd. You've been rejected by everybody else. Hey, don't let it get you down. Don't let it destroy you. Don't let it destroy the ministry God's got in store for you. Hey, you keep on keeping on. And what better place to return to than the father's house, amen. I'll let that let you you'll catch on to that after a while, amen. And you'll say, Man, that was good right there. Not because I said it. But anyway, not only not only was he need, not only do we need to be able to handle rejection, but but uh, but I, I like this part and I and I and I tried my best to be obedient to God and, and he, he just he just give it to me, Amen. But we must go through righteous training. You know you know an army has to go through what they call boot camp. 
or basic training or things of that nature. But uh, David, I, David here, I believe he went through some righteous training in order to face Goliath. Amen. They were some things he was going to need. They were some. They were some. They were some help that was going to be given to David. But it. But he had to go through it first down in the sheep pasture before he could go down into the battle down there with Goliath. Amen. You'll you'll notice in in verse number fifteen and verses thirty four through thirty seven that David he went back to his father. He had to learn uh, down in the sheep pasture how to overcome his fear. He had to learn how to overcome his doubt. He had to learn, uh, dear brother, he had to learn that it wasn't his strength that was going to get the job done. He had to learn that it was the strength that God was going to give him, that God it was going to be God's strength that was going to help him to be able to defeat uh, De- uh, Goliath in the valley. You say, how did he learn all that and how did he go through all that down in the sheep pasture? If you'll read the word of God here in First Samuel 17, you'll find that God sent a bear his way. You'll find that God sent a lion his way. Hey, his fear of that big bear. How many of y'all would be scared and run off from a bear? I know I would. Amen. I'm going the other direction. And even so with the lion. But David, he stood up. He he didn't let that bear or that lion over, overcome his fear. He stood there like a man. And he defeated that lion. And he defeated that bear. His fear was conquered. His doubt was conquered. There was no more fear and doubt in his life uh, as he faced that lion and that bear, and if he can defeat a lion and a bear, no, no doubt in my heart and my mind, he can overcome Goliath, a man that's just a little bit taller than he is. Praise be unto God. Don't let those things get you down. I've got to hurry. You're not listening fast enough. Not only do you have to go through righteous training, but we must have the right tools for the job. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, although we will mention these. David had some unusual tools for the job. I like to call them the five S's, five being the number of grace. David had to have some grace when he went down to the battle. He showed up. He knew exactly what the problem was. He saw He saw all the men. They were fighting the men of their size, the men that they could handle. I'm telling you, praise God. I'm telling you, there's times I like it when I can't defeat things in my own, on my own because I like to sit back and watch the almighty hand of God work and move. And that's what God wants in your life. That's what he wants in my life so that he can get the honor and he can get the glory. And that's what, that's what he wants and that's what we ought to do. But, it, you'll, you'll, but before we cover all that, you'll find that Saul tries to give David his tools. In verse 38 and 39, he tries to arm David with his own armor. He, he takes his armor off. What king in his right mind takes his armor armor off in the heat of a battle to give to another man to go out and to fight a battle that he is supposed to be going out and fighting I'm here to tell you this morning may I put it to you this way if you're not going to use your armor in the battle God's got you in don't give it to somebody else to take your place amen A.W. Tozer said it best and he said it like this and I quote be hard on yourself and easy on others carry your own cross but never lay one on the back of another praise be unto God that when we go into the battlefield that we suit up with the armor of God and that we are obedient to God and that we follow God and we do exactly what he wants us to do and he will defeat and he will win the war for us David I can only imagine the laughter that David got when he come to this place in his life here's a man that's got a staff Smooth stones, a shepherd's bag, a script, and a sling. Just picture, just think in your mind at the laughter that he got from his brothers. 
first off, if it's not bad enough that the king don't like what you've got to work with, and neither does the men of Israel, it's bad when your own family members laugh at you and mock you for bringing such silly things to what they would call a man's fight. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times it's times that we just need to be quiet and let God work and move and defeat those things. You see, David faced a lot of Goliath before he faced this man by the name of Goliath. You see, you see, uh, there in the beginning, he was ready to go to battle. He was rejected. There's a Goliath. He goes down to the sheep pasture, and behold, there's a lion, and there's a bear that comes before him. There's two more Goliaths that he has to face. His daddy sends him down to give some food to his brothers and to see how they're doing in the battle. And he gets on the battlefield, and he's disappointed because he finds them hiding from this man. You could call that a Goliath in his life. But Samson knew exactly, uh, not Samson, excuse me, I'm thinking about another passage there. But uh, uh, David, David, he, he's got these unusual tools that God has given him. King, I don't need your armor. I don't need your shield. I don't need your sword. My God has given me everything that I need. That of the staff has the meaning or the idea of for guiding one. Boy, David, I'm sure he looked over at that staff and said, You know what? God's guiding me through this. I'm going to be obedient to him. He's, he, the, the wheel is in his hand. There's the smooth stones as he pictured and he thought in his mind how that God was his rock, his firm foundation. He had all his faith in God. There's the shepherd bay. Has the meaning and the idea of that of a, of a friend or a companion. Oh, how what a friend we have in Jesus. He sticks closer than a brother. Where's that shepherd's bag? It's right there beside David when he goes down into the valley with, with Goliath. There's the script. It's the idea of a traveling pouch used for gleanings and and the Hebrew word, if I pronounce this right, is yesor, meaning a reprover or to instruct. David had been instructed by God just exactly what to do. If you don't believe me, we'll, 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 we'll look at it in just a moment. But uh, you'll find that when David gets there, he, knows, he goes right to Goliath. And he, and he tells Goliath just exactly who sent him and why he sent him. Amen. Glory to God. Then there's the sling has the meaning of that of uh, just a sling or as a door. You know, a lot of times God will open a door for us, but be prepared because just on the other side of that door, not just because... uh, Now, there's times that God places obstacles in front of us to make us what He wants us to be, but there's also also obstacles on the other side of that door of the devil trying to stop you from continuing the work of God. Here it is. David is walking through a door. Oh my, we've got to move on. Not only do you have to have the right tools for the job, because it just makes it easier. I mean, where I work, I drive a forklift pretty much all day long, if not a pallet jack or a reach truck. A backhoe wouldn't do me any good at work. 
a truck wouldn't do me any good at work. I can't use those things. See, Saul and the men of Israel, all they're thinking about is all i got to have is a helmet, a shield, and some body armor and a sword. I'm telling you, if you'll just follow God, God will take care of the war for you. He'll take care and he'll defeat the battle for you. Not just the right tools for the job, but we must be able to handle our reviler, Goliath. You'll find in verses 41 through 44 where Goliath did nothing but mock David. Make fun of David. He just kept nagging him. Matter of fact, he went so far as to say, I come to you with a a shield and 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 a sword and you come to me with staves? Am I just a dog? Is that what I am? David knew something Goliath didn't know. He didn't need all of those earthly possessions to defeat him. Can I say it to you again? We don't need all of the earthly things that we have in order to go to heaven because guess what? They won't get you there. The only way to get to heaven is through the blood of Jesus. And may I add this, uh, there at Calvary, crucified the two male fact by, in between the two male factors. Guess what? Jesus was mocked by the male factors. He was mocked by the crowd. Did he ever whine and cry, God, would you just take me and get me out of the way? No, because he didn't ever say, God, they're mocking me. They're making fun of me. He didn't. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Because he's fixing to conquer something for them that they didn't have a clue anything about. Glory to God. That makes me, I about want to run right there, amen. Just what Jesus did for me at Calvary. I hope you're about ready to run, amen. Just think about what Jesus did for you at Calvary. We must have a revelation for our Goliath. David learned of this in, verse, in verses 45 through 47. He also, no doubt, I believe, he, he got a very good picture of what was going to take place in the valley when he was down tending to his father's sheep. David had time with God in the field. If we'll just trust and obey, and with, if we'll just trust and obey God, he'll help us out when we face our Goliath. That's our problem, ain't it? I know it's not good English, but we're in Mississippi, amen. We don't talk like everybody else. <laughs> that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a good thing, amen. But you understand, we have a problem with trusting and obeying God. We think trusting God is asking God to help us with something, and just immediately God's going to answer that, that prayer request. Or God's going to immediately show up and tend to that situation. I'm here to tell you, there's no telling how long David had to wait before he went down to check on his brothers. Amen. We do know that David showed, uh, that Goliath showed himself 40 days before we get to the point of where David actually went to where the battle was at. So we do know that much. Amen. It may take some time. When we listen to God, he'll, we will know and we will be able to give and tell the revelation of our Goliath. We see that we must have a remedy for our Goliath. You'll find that in verses 48 through 54. I'm going to be quick with this. I don't know. I may have went over my time. But, uh, but uh, we, we've got to have a remedy for our Goliath. You'll find in verses 48 through 54 that David, he was eager to fight. Now, he wasn't, it wasn't a fleshly fight David was eager to get to. David knew exactly when he went down and he told Goliath exactly what was fixing to happen to him. He, 
He, he, he, Goliath said, I come as one of the Philistines and, and I'm going to destroy you because you're nothing but a little bitty youth. Hey, can I say it this way? Hey, picture in your mind uh, 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 some young teenage boy, just some scrawny thing that doesn't look like mom and daddy's feeding him anything at home. And here's a man that's done surpassed his youth stage. He's a mighty man. He is the man for the job and he's looking down at what he would think this no good, this no count little runt uh, there, and, and, and he's thinking, oh, this is going to be easy. Are you kidding me? This is who they've chosen to send down to face me and to fight me. This I'm going to beat him with my eyes closed. Yeah, I'm telling you, you better keep them open, Goliath, because they're not going to stay open long, because God's done told him, as uh, he used David, as he told uh, he, he, David, told him, he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, and there it is. It's done and it's over with. And he reared back and he let that rock go. And it smote Goliath on the head. He, David was eager to fight. David was experienced in fighting as he had defeated that lion and that bear. I'm telling you, if any man can defeat a lion and a bear, he better not get, his, he better not get beat by a man. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Although David didn't do it on his own, God used David. God worked through David. Here we find... Um, under that is David was expedient in completing the fight. You'll find that in verses 50 and 51 where he let that rock go and it smote Goliath in his forehead and he fell down and David ran to where he was at, drew out his own sword. And the Bible says that he cut his head off. Can't imagine what Saul and the men of Israel was thinking when they put their eyes on that. I'm telling you this much right now. You let the mighty hand of God work on this hillside right there. There'll be people outside in the world down in the valley that'll look and say, Man, what the world is God doing there? I like it when that happens, brother. Amen, don't you? Uh, I, like, I like to just sit back. Many times in my life I've just sat back and just watched God work and move. Man, I, I love that. I love that. It reminds me... Dearly beloved, listen to me. It reminds us that God is in control. Lastly here, I'm not going to spend much time on this, and we're going to be done. Matter of fact, if the pianist would come, she's going to play softly. When I, when I step down, she's going to play softly. You play a stanza too, and, and, and when she gets done, we'll be dismissed. Dear brother, when she gets done praying, if you'll pray for us and close the service out. Lastly, this morning, uh, you, we see that, uh, that he received rewards. He received rewards for conquering Goliath. You'll find that in verse, verses 55 through 58. If you'll look back in verse 25, it'll tell you exactly what he got. The king was to enrich him. I'm thankful for a king that enriched me the day, the moment that I asked him to help defeat the Goliath in my life. The king gave him his daughter hand in marriage I can gladly say that now that I've given my heart to God I'm proud to be part of the church amen part of the bride of Christ lastly the king paid his family's debt that excites me because I'm sitting there thinking in my mind dear brother that Jesus paid my debt at Calvary <laughs> it's paid in full there'll be a day where you and I will stand before the almighty judge. And he'll say, is this one guilty? And Jesus will say, yes, sir, he's guilty, Father. But 
Amen. Glory to God. Let's run a while. Amen. He'll say, he'll say, yes, Father, he is guilty, but he's been covered by the blood. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Everyone stand to your feet. Dear sis, please.